This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 334, and tonight it's Friday the 13th, it's my birthday, and we are talking about the 1986 movie Troll. What do these things have in common? I don't know, but we've got special guest Maya Murphy to help me talk about it. But before we go one step further, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and ever since 2010, I've been your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But you're going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. And since this movie's all about bad fairies, we're going to some severely gay places. So why don't I stop talking about it, play the trailer, bring on Maya Murphy, and let's get down to business. Once upon a time when the world was filled with wonder, little creatures shared the earth with humans, and magic was a way of life. Once upon a time is now. Empire Pictures presents Troll, the weirdest, the rowdiest, the most mischievous, and the scariest little creature of them all. What he's doing is going from apartment to apartment and transforming sections of this building into different fairy worlds. Who the hell are you? The transformation is going to begin on the Witch's Sabbath, the very same day that the Potters move into their new apartment. I've never seen so many guys take so long to move so little furniture. It's all your records, honey. You gotta get rid of some of these records. Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do. No, there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. What the Potters don't know is that they've just moved into the building that is the enchanted gateway to the ancient world of Troll. Shut that damn door! Harry Jr. is about to be drawn into a world beyond his wildest fantasy, and he'll need a little magic of his own to get out of it alive. Jr. expected to have a little trouble getting adjusted in his new neighborhood. But he never expected anything like this. Troll, where myths and legends come to life. Ah! 
And so, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, it's that most magical time of the year once again. Yay! No, not Christmas. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Friday the 13th. An actual Friday the 13th is coming up on the calendar Friday, May 13th. And as you know, we have a tradition here at Scream Queens. Whenever a Friday the 13th pops up on the calendar, we talk about the next film in the Friday the 13th franchise. Yay! Yay! Except we ran out of movies to talk about a whole long time ago. So we have a backup plan. And this backup plan is part of the fantastic event known uh, throughout the world as the Friday the 13th Spectacular. Now, for those of you who are probably new to the show, you're sitting there wondering, what the fuck? that Scottish bagpipe music have to do with Friday the 13th. Listen, honey, it is my goddamn spectacular, and I'll play whatever goddamn music that I want. Man, I'm a mad fairy. Because the movie that we've chosen to talk about this time, that is tangentially connected to the Friday the 13th series, is all about the evil fairy world. And in order to talk about that movie, I figured I can't do it alone. I need another evil fairy to come along with me. And so here she is. You know her from Demi Wonka Lewis. She's a professional supervillain, and she will not take no crap from you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, please welcome to the Scream Queen's microphone, Ms. Maya Murphy. Well, Hello. 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 Nice Your fairy wings are f- extra flappy today. Flappy and sparkly and stubby. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I look for in a fairy. When I, when I look at none of these cushy fairies, I want a stabby fairy. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I, I'm Irish. You know, that's the fair not to be fucked with. Even Tinkerbell oh, tried to kill no. Wendy. Like, you know, you know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell's like, oh, look at me. I'm dying. Uh, 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 I'm look, I'm dying. Bleh, you have to clap bleh. for me. Oh, look, I'm okay now. You'll love me. Oh, shut up. Shut up, you controller. But anyway. Like Tinkerbell, I also run on attention. <laughs> Hello, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get paid. We don't get paid in cash. We get paid in attention. You're absolutely right. So the movie that we have chosen to talk about is from 1986. It's a little ditty called Troll. Patrick, what is the connection to Friday the 13th? Well, this film was directed by a man called John Carl Buechler. I only, I've only realized recently that I've been mispronouncing his name for years, and now I have Uh-oh. no idea how to say it. It's Buechler. John Carl Buechler. John Carl Buechler is a special effects guy, mostly, who also directed Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, also known as Friday the 13th. So I figured it's a perfect fit. <laughs> so my own. This is yeah. your first time to Troll World, huh? Um, technically, no. I am familiar with Troll 2. Mm. I had not seen this film, so I think I had been to a not-quite-same-canon Troll World. Yeah, Troll 2 has nothing to do with this movie at all. At all. Okay, I'm going to say this up front. I am not a huge fan of Troll, but I appreciate this film for what it is. It's like, it's weird, it's bonkers, and I uh, that 80s kind of, we're on cocaine and we don't care kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that. And like bonkers casting, bonkers everything. So I appreciate that. I, I the storytelling is like eh, I like that a lot of the things about it. On the other hand, it's also not good. But I I, I get what people. It's but really not. <laughs> there is. But what I was gonna say, I was watching it the other night with Tara Gardner. Hi Tara. I said, you know what? It's a shame that Troll Two has stolen all the attention from this film because there is nuggets of greatness in this and little moments of magic. But that Troll that Two shame is known that for being don't. a disaster. This would have had to be so much worse to have the notoriety and the reason that someone else showed me Troll 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of those movies, it came, it did have a theatrical release and it bombed. 
Can't imagine. That's surprising. It just got lost. It just got lost in the. It got lost in the shuffle of all those Gremlins ripoffs that were coming out left and right. And Labyrinth. Labyrinth was 1986. Yeah, I can't really compete with that. <laughs> can't really compete with that at all. I made something but, with puppets and they sing. Oh, really? <laughs> but they. Um, but it had this. Once it got released to home video and and cable, huge hit. I'm surprised. Yeah, uh, all of a sudden everybody fell in love with this, this weird little movie, and so I appreciate. I know for those, I've been putting out um, notices about, that we were doing this. People are so excited that we're talking about troll. Good for them. I I want to learn more about what they think. I guess I'll I'll have to go lurk in the comments. That'll be fun. Okay, so Maya, yes. since you are the guest today, please give me a nice tight thirty second back of the DVD plot summary of Troll from nineteen eighty six. The dog starts now. <laughs> A family moves into a new apartment building. Uh, they have two kids, a boy and a girl. The girl wanders down into the basement and is stolen by a troll. The troll then systematically takes over the building apartment by apartment, trying to bring his universe into ours. Done. Sold. Run it up. Run it up. One of these tropes, one of the tropes I always love in this kind of a movie is like, this is the second time it's come up this season too. I love when they have set a movie in San Francisco with no gay people. <laughs> I mean, there's there was a couple false flags that I thought were going to be a lot gayer in some of the tenants, and then it just was '80s masculinity, and I uh, I thought some of it looked gay. Well, here's the thing: when I realized when I was watching it again this afternoon, I said, you know what? This is kind of like hetero propaganda. This is what happens when you have San Francisco with no gay people. We will rise. <laughs> Everyone's going to be poorly dressed. The music's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone's going to have questionable, questionable taste in furniture. It's going to be bad. And we will rise. We're just going to hang out in our apartments with our bushes and run around naked and do magic. And that's all we want to do. We just want a place to do like that. Shit. Okay. <laughs> but no, like the, 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 we'll get into all this, but like the witch has that whole backstory. It's like at once upon a time, the world was just the world. There were no countries. There were no presents. And we all just got along. And then the I bad fairies decided they wanted. I could have told you, but I didn't feel like it. Yeah, but I said it's all hetero propaganda. I'll play the sound for that. But anyway, I want to talk about the cast a bit. The cast is bananas. The cast oh my, is bananas. The cast is bananas. I kept going to check IMDb because I was like, no way. That's got to be someone who looks like that well-known celebrity. No way. Well, as I was saying to Maya beforehand, I only discovered this time through that this movie was shot in Rome. So it does have that Italian movie thing that we're going to get all these relatively big stars to be in a movie that they would never do stateside. Never. Yeah. So we have this crazy bunch of people that are in it. And I do appreciate the bonkers casting. So off the top, we've got in, at playing the dad, Harry Potter senior, Michael Moriarty. What is going on out there? I don't know, but I'm listening to that tree. Oh. Michael Moriarty, one of the legendary bad boys of movies and TV. Michael Moriarty was on season one of Law and Order. He was one of the main stars of it. You to this day cannot talk about Michael Moriarty on the set of a Law and Order set. They will kick you off. You do not talk about Michael Moriarty. They will send, Michael Moriarty. They will send you home. I don't know what he did, but apparently he's very, very difficult. Shit. And playing his wife, playing his wife is um. I looked her up. I didn't write her down. She had a whole bunch of credits, but they all seem to be like misses. Oh, like, mm, oh no, oh honey, oh no, honey, no. That's Shelly Hack. Hey, mom, what's the matter with Wendy? What do you mean? She's, she's different. Why do you say that? I don't know. She's just not acting right. Well, I think it's a new apartment. I think we ought to give her a little time, okay? Yeah, I'd call a doctor. Well, you worry too much, Harry. 
You worry too much, Harry. Shelly Hack was a Charlie's Angel. She was oh. a replacement Charlie's Angel. But you know, for those of us who grew up in the 70s, she was the Charlie girl. She, and she's here today, and they call her Charlie. Kind of fresh, kind of now Charlie. Kind of hip, kind of wow, Charlie. Yeah, so yeah, she was a presence. A presence in the 70s. Okay. And their son, Noah Hathaway. Why are you here? I don't get you. You're different, aren't you? Oh, yes, I like to think I am. No, not like that. Look at all this stuff. It's not normal. It's all the things a kid would have. An adult wouldn't have neat stuff like this. Oh, I like all this stuff. I've had it for years. Hundreds, I bet. You're a fishing kid. Eunice, are you a witch? What of it? Yes, yes, yes. This is my generation. This is my wheelhouse right here. <laughs> the never-ending story. <laughs> yeah, the ne- Artax, no, the sadness. <laughs> yes. OG Battlestar Galactica and a great sport. He he showed up at one of the hard hat conventions I was at ages ago. And this particular hotel that we had it in had a water park inside. And so one of the nights had an event at the water park and Noah Hathaway came to the party at the water park and was running around in a tiny little speedo. We were all like, (laughs) no, it's always, it's always fun to see the celebrities throw themselves into whatever the events are, not just standing by the side. So yeah, he was, he was a hoot. He was, he was good. And the daughter, I want to call her Carol Ann, but that's not her name. It's Wendy. It's Wendy Ann. She's not Carol Ann. (laughs) She's a little prompt girl who's not Carol Ann. She's Carol Ann adjacent. Jenny Beck. Jenny Beck didn't do a lot, but she was in V, the final series. She was the star child. She was Elizabeth the star child. The the breeding between human and the visitors. Oh, my goodness. Well, she was nominated for the only nomination I saw on IMDb for this movie was for her performance. Yeah, this family, this family is so strange. They're very strange. They're a very strange family. Like yes. The vibe is, is off from the beginning, but I love it. Also, Michael, Michael okay, this, this, is, this is for the Don't Get Me Uncle Lewis crowd. Michael Moriarty's apparently his whole character was based on that bucket hat <laughs> that he's wearing at the beginning. He was in, he kept arguing with John Carl Buechler that he doesn't understand the character. And just before they shot the scene, he's like, fine, I'm just gonna take this bucket hat off of his assistant director and put it on. And he's like, what? Why I don't get this? I look stupid. I look like a jerk. And he's like, uh-huh. And he's like, oh, uh-huh. Harry Potter's a jerk. I get it now. So now he's, his whole character is based on a bucket hat. The magic of the bucket hat, ladies and gentlemen. I thought you were going on a bit. That's magnificent. Mm. So this little girl, they, they move into this house and immediately this girl gets possessed by a troll. She's, she's, she goes off to play in the laundry room like kids do. And like you do. She's chanting peace porch, hot, drops her ball down the stairs, goes to get it, and is... Well, I, I didn't think she was possessed. I thought she was stolen and stashed away for later in the troll dimension. Sure. And then the troll uses the power of the magic glowing green ring to look like her. Yes. Yes, that's a better description. of. That's why I wanted you on board, because you understand magic better than I do. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm a stabby fairy. I am here for you. I'm a stabby fairy. I like to stab and dance. I flap my wings. <laughs> <laughs> so this kid, this, there are so many scenes of this kid just as the troll. Like she, she looks like a little girl, but she's acting like a troll. Like just her stamping around set, screaming in people's faces, grabbing people by the collar. <laughs> this scene. I love this scene. It's early on. It's like the kids pulled the fire alarm and she's just like running rampant through the building and people are coming out and you're meeting all those side characters. And the parents are trying to control things and she's occasionally just running through like, ah! 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 
is she rabbit? She she's tripping them. She's stealing their takeout. Living her best life, doing everything. Rat burgers. Like this is a role I want. This kid, this kid is living it, living that's, it on set. I love I want in the world among the neighbors. Ooh, such a cast. Sonny Bono Sonny is one Bono. of the neighbors. You have the distinction of owning the only two children in this entire building. Oh, we don't own them. We just rent. Well, let me give it to you straight, Harry boy. You see, I am a single, unattached guy, and I live upstairs right above you. Now, I'm into swinging, and children having pillow fights at all hours of the night while I'm trying to score may cause a few strikeouts. You get me, Harry boy? Yes, sir. Good. Uh, Mr. Dickinson. Wrong apartment. Shit! I was like, no way, no way. That's got to be, they styled him. And I was like, holy shit. What struck me this time, I'm watching Sonny Bono. And actually, he's great in this. In the couple of scenes he's in, he's very funny. His timing, his yes. comic timing is on point. He's great. And I forget that, right, you had that variety show. And you guys were the king of 70s, king and queen of 70s comedy. And I go, you used to fuck Cher. You yeah. fucked Cher. Yeah. That little creepy man used to fuck goddess. Goddess. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been some personality, huh? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But apparently, I don't know, apparently it was all abusive, and I don't know anything about it. But oh, yeah, no, I, I saw a TV movie about it when I was in middle school, and it all looked bad. Wait, it did not look, didn't, it was not cute. But anyway, he's in it, and he's great. And I just love it. He's playing this lech, absolute lech. So icky. <laughs> hey, you want <laughs> breakfast? Well, you can make me some pancakes. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Feel like breakfast? Sure. There's some pancake mix in the kitchen. Why don't you cook us up some? Why don't you go jumping on the thing? He's like, listen, you're the only people in this building that have got kids. Not I'm a God, swinger. That own, that own kids. <laughs> that own kids. That own kids. I'm a swinger, and they're going to interfere with my swinging lifestyle. I'm like, what year is it? They're going to lead to me striking out. I'm like, I don't, is that the metaphor swingers are using at the time? Okay. Okay, buddy. If it's just you, does that kind of swinging? It looks like it's just you. And that poor girl he brought home. That poor girl. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Was, was it what you expected? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> well, babe, was it what you expected? Unfortunately. What? Uh, it was beyond what I expected. She's just trying to put on her shoes and get out. And he's like, let's go again. Make me pancakes. Ah, uh, no. No, no, no. Okay, but she's, I'm just thinking, man, you, that is a walk of shame dress that you've got. Right now. That is a walk it's of red shame satin, dress. And she has black pantyhose and just in the harsh light of day on a Sunday morning. It's 10 in the morning. Bless. <laughs> One of the things that I always enjoy about movies is when you see bullshit products on, on you know, in people's apartments or whatever, you know, just, just fake things. Oh yeah. I, I guessed it recently on, um, uh, the mixtape podcast, we talked about the movie looker, which is you know all about eighties commercialism. And JM, it was really excited because in one of the commercials, they were doing commercial for Odie's. Odie's is a fake cereal that was in everything. Like every, 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 oh, like let's si- potato chips. Yes. Okay. Yes. And he was like, Oh, look, the whole thing about Odie's. Yeah. Everybody knew about Odie's. Sonny Bono has a box of something. On his counter called Flappies. <laughs> I oh, I didn't catch it. I saw I saw when we first opened and we're having the picnic on the floor in the new apartment, they turned the bottle of Pepsi so we couldn't see the whole label. And then it looked like the bottle of Tide was Tide, so I stopped looking out for those. 
Mm-hmm. And apparently his whole movie was brought to you by Carnation. That always gets that's front and center. Carnation's always front and center. Yeah. Yeah. Stable family dynamic in this one. Carnation and Flappies. That's really all you need. It's the, 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 car, the, the, the core of a swinger's lifestyle. <laughs> so, okay. So we have this little girl, this little girl who's been abducted by a troll and is now being impersonated by a troll. What does the troll want? It takes us a long time to get, like, we do multiple info dumps with the only person who knows what's going on. But we eventually learn that the troll wants to bring the into all of his fairy buddies back and then take over the human universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he can uh, only do it one apartment at a time. But in order to take over the universe, he has to take over the whole apartment building. Yeah, it'll, yeah. If he takes over the whole building, it'll make this, it'll make its own universe. It'll make a, a the rift. Hum- whatever. Like, it's a- I, I tried. I really tried. <laughs> he's only got three days to do it, but he's been really casual about everything, too. He's been really slow about taking everything over. Everyone else is being really casual about it, too, even the people in the know. So, like, that's cool. I'll allow it. Uh-huh. Rome. Rome. When in Rome. Rome. <laughs> Rome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, full Eddie Izzard, like, on a Vespa. Ciao. Just, Yeah. <laughs> Hey, there are trolls taking over the universe. Whatever. Let's drink Campari and smoke. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned the ring. I've, so wait, I love. I actually love this. Is all about jewelry too. Just adding to the whole game. It's like, what do you get to men who have everything? You want to have Men who has everything. Get Glowing. him a ring. It changes your appearance. Oh my god. Well, to give him a ring with a little something extra. <laughs> it could do everything. Race. It could shoot lasers. It could change. It could change your appearance. It could. It could. It could turn you into a plant. <laughs> It can turn into a plant that then, like, takes over your apartment and spawns little trolls. Um, but we we actually, we see the troll in full prosthetic at the beginning of the movie. And my notes say, Willow's sketchy uncle. Yeah, um, yeah. Willow yeah, hog yeah. it, like, it's rough. Yeah, yes. yes. The thing is, I ch- uh, be- uh, I'm, I'm always going to get his name wrong because I've been saying it, his name wrong for 20 years now. Bugler, John Carl. I'll call him John like, Carl. Like a bugle John boy. Carl was primarily a special effects dude. Okay. And his special effects, I can always spot them because, first of all, he loves his slime. The texture stuff was gnarly. That was effective. But he always tends to do much like much like these full moon. This is not a full moon movie, but it's made by the full moon people. Okay. They love their little things. They love little people, little creatures, little things. So this is another one of these little creature things. Yeah. He, John, John Carl loves his little creatures, too. They always look the same. They always have that look to them. He also that, did like, ghoulies. That, so, texture. Yeah. I can spot his stuff a mile off and, and, and sticky. 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 Some people love them. Some I'm I'm kind of on the fence of like some of them look great, and some of them just don't. Like the the eyeballs on our our main troll are really good. Um, they they get the directionality right, so like it looks it looks alive. He has a face. Um, yeah. you can see him make eye contact and like think about stuff, and that's so important. Yes, the the troll costume I have no problems with. I thought because I thought the the face was very expressive, and it looked good. And I would never know that it was the guy who played Malcolm. And yeah, costume. I figured that out in the credits. I have. I want to talk about that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. There's lots. Of, there's lots to get into, into there. Because occasionally you have like in all this bullshit, you have this character. You have a character. You're like, oh, that actually has some weight to it, and it's interesting. And what are you doing in this movie? I I bet he demanded it was in his contract. Um, we'll get there. So okay, so like the the, the, the this little girl's go. Okay, what I love too is this is like the last ad, the last era of the free range seventies child. <laughs> <laughs> After that, they're getting supervised. Because in this world, you can just wander into people's apartments and people are just like, oh, hi, kids, stay. 
Well, I'm gonna leave you. Yeah, I'm gonna no, leave you in my apartment. I'm gonna close Fine. the door. I'm gonna close the door and be alone with a child I don't know, and his parents don't know where you are. That kind of a thing. It's weird. Before the stranger danger. Before the stranger danger. Um, yeah. So she she just she forces her way into a Sunny Bono's apartment after this girl, that poor girl limps home. <laughs> oh yeah, they, they're on the stairwell at the same time. She she or I guess the troll whatever looks up at the the one night stand. Just, it's just like oh, oh okay. snarls at her. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, girl. I feel you. I don't have any toys. I don't play with toys. I don't have any candy. So you can just leave. And I don't play hide and seek. Time. Time. What he said was, look, kid, I don't have any candy and I don't play with toys. And I said, I bet you do have some candy in the apartment and I bet you do play with toys. Both of those. Yeah, I think you're just lying. Both of those things. Yeah, just not the kind of candy that you're looking for, kid. So what happens? There's a hide and seek game and we see her, we don't, we see her, we don't. And then one of the times we come back to see her, it's the troll. And he stabs Sonny with his glowing green ring. And then we do, um, we do bladder like a, effects, bladder effects, bladder effects. Okay, we do bladder <laughs> effects, but we also do the, the werewolf transformation where we, yeah. we see one step of the transformation. Then we cut away and we come back and now he's like pulsing and throbbing and gooey. And then we cut it back. And now, now he's got like these boils that are all over his face. And by the, the end of it, he's this cocoon yeah uh, something bad's gonna come out of it um but the troll's like hooray i've done it i have achieved my transformation i'm gonna check on this cocoon in a minute what i thought was interesting so i was watching it again with with tara hi tara uh-huh. the other night and she said look how nonchalant the troll is about all this like he's he stabs tiny sunny bottom with the ring and then he like fucks off well, he's not like, even he's not watching. Like, if I was trying to take over the world, I'd be like, fuck yeah, first apartment, stab the guy, got a new cocoon. He's more like an expectant dad. He's like, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. This is fine. This is all fine. He's like, he's like reading magazines and shit. And I also noticed he was reading a Playboy with Ola oh. Ray, with Ola Ray from Thriller in it. <laughs> no, there's no hurry. There's no, there's he's no just, hurry. This is fine. He has faith in the process, you know? Yes. So eventually the cocoon bursts and all these little trolls come out. They're, they're all very sticky. Very slimy, very slimy. Yeah, and you're right. It's the eyes on the little ones. The, the eyes are dead. Like, they don't yeah, blink. I don't, and, the eyes don't move, and the, the a lot of them, they gave, like, very flappy mouths, but they don't have full joints. So it it just, if the, if the mouths didn't open at all, but, like, the eyes moved, like, that would creep me out more. But also, mm-hmm. I'm a giant Muppet nerd, and I, I can talk about that for forever. Um, yeah. Yeah, just, like, the our, our main guy looks like the, the trolls from, like, Iceland and Norway and Sweden and yeah. all that. And the, the little ones don't quite. And as the movie goes on, we get some more creative ones. Like there's one with spider legs. And I like that. Yeah, the little crab leg guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I'm all about, yeah, troll carcinization. Let's go. Um, but yeah, a bunch of the little ones. And also I was looking for consistent rules about is a person transformed? Is there, where are they coming from? And it, it we're not consistent. It's, it's fun. We're not. It's fun. We're not. We're not. Okay, I want to talk about the second, second victim. The the military dude. Insurance is my battleground now. Huh? <laughs> oh, my name's Harry Potter. Nice to meet you, Porter. No, no Potter. Oh. And I review books. You what? I review books for magazines. Oh, man, I never read them. Owned and operated by liberal scum. They knock our president every chance they get. Leave us wide open for the communist menace, you know what I mean? Well, I did do a little bit of ROTC. Hey, all right, high five. High five. Go ahead. <laughs> The military dude who, okay, I misread some of his vibes as gay in the beginning because he was doing cardio very, very early. He doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. There's no (laughs) fat on him. And when he checked himself out in that car window, I was like, that's that's gay. 
That is a gay outfit. There are no wrinkles in your pants. No, no, no. He also had lines that he, it was like he time traveled from 2022 to 1986. <laughs> I'm like, you, you are so MAGA right now. You are so MAGA right now. Oh, he was so MAGA. I, I wrote down a bunch of his lines. I haven't been following along in my notes, but he was like, he talked about how reading was, uh, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta find where I wrote it down. Uh, I'll look for it, but. Okay. Yeah, he talks about how ever since Reagan, the, the leftists are, are doing this. Oh, yeah, your kid looks like he reads a lot. Like, oh, you just called a child gay, sir. You should you should calm down a little. Um, oh, he was super MAGA. And then his apartment's covered in, like, dead animals, like taxidermy and tiger rugs. My favorite design choice in the whole movie is in his apartment. He's got snakeskin wallpaper. That, like, that is the stackiest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. I loved it. It's so perfect. Laugh. It's so perfect. But it was weird. It was a combination of, like, MAGA with Great White Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, both of those for sure. Like he needed a pith helmet or something, but yeah, it was both those things. But that was Gary Sandy. Gary Sandy was most famous for being the, the lead guy on WKRP in Cincinnati. But Maya. Yes. Do you know where I really know him from? Where, where do you know him from? Guess what role he took over from Kevin Klein when Kevin Klein left on Broadway. Was he a pirate king? He was the pirate king! <laughs> <laughs> Gary Sandy's great. Gary, Gary Sandy, uh, you know, went to Hollywood and did WKRP and lots of stuff. He decided he didn't like it and said, you know what, uh, fuck it, I'm just doing theater from now on. You can still see him in New York all the time. Good he's always him. great. Wonderful guy. Yeah, sweet, sweet over guy. Um, and I love that he's in this because it's a goofy-ass role. <laughs> I, always fe- I always feel better when it's, good people playing really shitty, smarmy, hateful roles. Yeah. 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 He's always so far away from that and that he's making fun of it. But yeah, he's, he's very fun for the, for the little bits. And he is totally reading gay. I mean, he does, I mean, not an ounce of fat on his body. I'm looking no. at him going, you are lean no. motherfucker. Yeah. But this yeah. is right about the time. This is right about the time he was doing pirate King. So he would be. Oh yeah. Well, Kevin Klein, uh, did all the blocking for that show day by day and then realized how much acrobatic stuff he had to do in a single show. I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to kill myself every show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, happy day with Joyce Clay. We will away and Mary B. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by a princess of divinity who resides in this vicinity. (sighs) (laughs) Princess. (laughs) yeah, so he also gets turned. But, but just going around with the cast, we've also got Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Brad Hall. I'll tell you this much. Fire department's really going to be P.O.'d. Well, I wish somebody would fix that fire alarm. It goes off all the time. Oh, yeah, one time we came back real late one night. We were a little drunk, and uh, the thing went off by itself. I swear oh, to you. I remember that. Hey, wait a minute here, pal. I thought you told me it was a creep upstairs that did it, huh? It was. It was. It was. Dude. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Julie we drive a vampire. Vampire. Ow. She looks the same. <laughs> she looks the same. Some of that's money. She started from money, then she made more money. It's easy to do that. But like when I saw them both, I was like, no way. It's someone they styled to look like Julia Louis Dreyfus. That there's there's no fucking way, dude. And then And this is this was that again, they were prime SNL right at this point. Yeah. They were both on SNL at this point. And they were just about to get married. And they're still together. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, and when she gets turned, that is one of the things where it starts to turn inconsistent. I, 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 what are the rules? Did they did they turn her into a troll? Does the troll that's replacing her just look just like her? Why is she so horny? But well, I, I realized, Mike, he's turning them into different things. Like he said to her, he, the little girl says to her, he's like, you're so pretty. Such a shame that beauty fades. And you see the little idea go off in the kid's eyes. 
like flowers? Yeah. These are for you. I picked them myself. Wow, thanks a lot. They're beautiful. So are you. Thanks. Oh, be careful with that. It's breakable. Be careful. This was you? Uh-huh. It was about your age then. You were pretty. Thanks. I think. Beauty fades with age. What? Yeah. Like, I'm going to make you pretty forever. Yeah. So There's I'm intention. just guessing what she and there's so much stuff in the fantasy world that she could be. She like she, she may not be a troll. She's still in the dark fairy kingdom. So she could be like a wood nymph or tree sprite, whatever. <laughs> you can go. My friend Sandy, we used to do those fallow fests. They were called. I think they were called, you know, fantasy fests. And so like the, before they were cool, like oh, for yeah. LARPing before LARPing was cool. So like I would get a lecture for like three hours about like what Julia Louis Drivers was. I don't, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, so I she's, have my LARP friends. I understand. So she's not really she's not really a troll. She's just naked with plants growing. Naked with so. plants and giggling a lot and running around in a loop. Living her best life. Living her best life. <laughs> I like the troll. The troll life looks pretty good to me. Okay, you just get hang around naked all day. Hang around naked, steal other people's food. I'm sold. <laughs> yell at people you don't like. That's well. That's that's not much different from my life as it is right now. Um. All right. So I want to get into um. The Phil Fundacaro. So fun to car plays Malcolm. Who's Malcolm? Malcolm is uh, the professor of English who also lives in the building. He's been referred to by our gay coded Republican friend as an egghead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's a little person. Are you an elf? No, uh, I just resemble one. Why do you believe in elves? Oh, yes. Oh, well, then perhaps I might be one after all. Well, come along. Your parents are probably wondering where you are. Yes, Brother Elf. I I feel like his, because he also plays our troll, I feel like his human character is very much like, hey, I have black friends. Like, look, we have a, we have a human little person in the movie. We're so progressive. I, uh, we, I, I feel that, I, I, I feel that. At the same point, like there's also something about the performance that I go, mm, he's also selling this really well. Like there's some oh, weight he's, to he's this. Fabulous. I, sorry, I don't. I yeah. don't mean to gloss over that. He is fabulous and does a lot with very little. And when they give him like fairy tale prose, he's excellent with it. Uh, I was just frustrated that when we meet him, we have the little girl troll going, "Are you an elf?" And he's like, "No." Um, or do you believe in elves? Maybe I am. And like trying to humor her, I, I. I don't know. I couldn't tell where the line was. Neither could I. Neither could I. But I mean, in the in the context of the movie, it makes sense because Wendy, as the troll, sees him and is confused. Like, yeah, are, okay. I don't know what you are. Are you one of us? I are you a like dark a troll fairy? No, I. But those are rules I made up. I have no. I have nothing to base that on. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't the troll go? Oh, hooray! Other trolls. I see you. Or you're not a troll. Oh but no, she that was doing that, that, but he wasn't. Really, she was she was doing that, but he wasn't responding properly. So he, the troll was Dad confused. Didn't know the troll shibboleth. Hmm. Mm, yeah, I don't know what that word was. You just said shibboleth is um. It's uh the the, the signifier. It's a secret passcode. Didn't, didn't you just do a commercial for shibboleth? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have shibboleth. I, I, I tested negative. A- ask shibboleth. your doctor about shibboleth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, doesn't know the password. Yeah, the, the scene that makes me cr- the scene that does make me cringe, like the the things in this that make me put a lot of stuff with the parents make me cringe. 
just because they're really just so weird i loved it either they are overprotective or underprotective (laughs) that weird kind of underprotective they're like appease your sister you wanted that juice well i guess that sucks for you oh i haven't seen either of you in 12 hours but look we unpacked our entire apartment isn't that nice like oh you say our son just passed out on the sidewalk outside eh. eh. (laughs) he's fine Eh. (laughs) fine I love, we I love call the a dance doctor. sequence we have to the cover of Summertime Blues. Wendy invites her new friend home for dinner, but doesn't really tell or doesn't mention to her parents that it's an adult. Doesn't mention her parents that it's an adult. So, like, her mom is talking to her like it's going to be a date. Like, don't you look pretty? What's his name? And I'm like, this is a child. This is a child. Wendy's, little friend, a Wendy's little friend is coming over. It's your little friend. Oh, I can't wait to meet your little friend. I'm going, she, it really is a little friend. It really is a little friend. But the parents <laughs> it's cringy. are just so cringy. They they really hype up the, oh, you're a, yeah, you're allowed to have alcohol. I'm not going to give you this chocolate milk that I was still trying to hand you. It's It's awkward. It's cringy. Wendy's little friend here yet? Yes, he is. Oh. Hi. I'm sorry, Wendy didn't tell me. Children seldom do, Miss Potter. Please call me Anne. Anne. Welcome! Hello, Wendy. Um, as much as I love chocolate milk, Mrs. Potter. Thank you. Malcolm, you want a quick one before dinner? Sure, uh, gin and tonic be fine, Harry. You're, you're professor of English. You can forget the milk, honey. He's into gin and tonics. But he rises above it. The, the guy playing Malcolm really oh, he, rises yeah, he above shows all up this. A bottle of wine. He's like it, the mother is staring at him and goes, "You're, you're," and he goes, "A professor yeah. <laughs> of English." <laughs> it's like I really prefer gin and tonics. But there's like nefarious stuff going on there. Like Troll Wendy knows that he knows the secret or the the fairy story. Yeah. And she goads him into reciting uh, the, fairy the fairy queen. A gentle knight was riding across the plain, all clad in mighty arms and silver shield, where in old dints and deep wounds did remain the cruel marks of many a bloody field. Yet armies till that time did he never wield. And because the poem has its own magic to it, it like awakens all the fairy buddies throughout the building. Fairy party. Fairy party. Fairy and party. And they sing. You know me, there's nothing I enjoy more than a getting ready montage and a completely unnecessary musical number. And we got one of those. We got a completely unnecessary musical number. <laughs> and I love this piece of music. Do you remember? Okay, this, you guys don't know about this out there. But my, do you remember uh, like sometime last year before the pandemic hit, like two years ago now, I, I had yeah, pe- last year? <laughs> everything's last year, but, but in the before times, I pitched that idea I'm like, yeah. about doing um, a thing for. The spooky, the spooky cabaret. cabaret. Yeah, this is yeah. one of those songs. I have sheet music for the Cantos Profan, Cantos no Profanic. Shit. Yep. yep. Wow. Dumbo essay rap. <laughs> wow. Okay, so I was I was really confused because I couldn't tell if I was supposed to be able to understand words. Erba, erba, or wait. Not. Erba, 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 wait. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. You're not. 
great. It's better. Of course, all this is being led by a singing dick. So there's that too, adding to the gayness. But the singing dick is a good fairy that we are friends with. What singing dick am I talking about? <laughs> in our in our continued tour of the apartment, uh, we we haven't introduced one of our one of our ensemble. Or the apartment building. June, my bad. My bad. June Lockhart is in this movie. June Lockhart is TV legend. Like she was doing TV like from the beginning legend. of TV, and she was most known for being the mom on Lost in Space. She was in Petticoat Junction, and she was a lassie. So she's she's a legend, and she's this witch that lives in the apart in the apartment building. And I love her. I just she's a princess. She's a princess witch. witch, and she's got a singing dick in a pot. She's got a potted penis. It's a mushroom. I'm making big air quotes. Mushroom. My microphone will hear these yeah. air quotes. Oh, all right. <laughs> Harry, this is Galwyn. Galwyn, this is Harry Potter Jr. It's a mushroom. I told you I was a good student. <laughs> He's seen better days. Well, even when the kid first sees he goes, but it's a mushroom. And she's like, yeah, it's a mushroom. It's a butt plug. Uh -huh. that is. <laughs> You're so right. Very astute child. Mm -hmm. What I love about her in this role, too, is that she she befriends uh, the son, the Hathaway. Atreyu. Harry, Harry Potter, Potter Jr. Jr. All of her scenes with him, she never treats him like a kid. Like She she treats him as an actor. No, she treats that other great. actor like an adult, which I think is great. Like, there's no talking down. There's no talking down, and she listens and validates him, and, like, she is the glue holding this absurd movie And it's together. weird because the glue doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> she's got it info dumps twice she's got the power to stop everything and she's supposed to know what's going on but she doesn't she know what's nothing. going on but she does know what's going on it's weird it's weird it's weird but she's so good i don't care yeah because it's not her war she's like it's like okay i'm just here it's like i'm gonna have to pass <laughs> for some reason it's not her war but it is but it is. i don't know whatever but then it is later and then it goes poor i don't mm. cocaine cocaine in italy cocaine i also enjoy that, she's uh, in her back. She's also really snarky. Like one of the times that Harry Potter Jr. comes over, he's like, I'm going to be sick. Can I use your bathroom? And she's like, yeah, OK. And then he comes back and she goes, did you pop your cookies? How can I say no to an invitation like that? <laughs> and he's going to go sit down. She goes, great. I'll just pretend you're not here. Like. <laughs> well, did you pop your cookies? No. False alarm. Well, then there's no reason for you to stay around here any longer, is there? Oh, I don't want to go right now. If it's okay with you. Doesn't make any difference to me at all. I'll just pretend you're not here. Thanks. I feel safe here. You're sounding like a ninny. What the hell have you got to be afraid of? I don't know. <laughs> Keep talking like that, you'll become an adult. The sass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going back to Malcolm, we learned that Malcolm is sick. The handling of this scene also rubbed me a little weird. Um, he does this fabulous, humane job of explaining why he's little to Wendy. And he goes, you know, I thought I was normal till I was a certain age. And the doctors were talking about recessive genes. And I thought they were talking about pants. Yeah. And they're like, you're not going to grow anymore. But then he started talking about being tired of this old body. And I was like, <laughs> Wendy senses that he's sick. It sounds like leukemia. He, bone he marrow. says something about his bone yeah. marrow. You're real sick, aren't you? Does it show? No, but I can tell. I bet you can. Yes, I'm sick. I'm getting sicker every day, so the x-rays say. What's wrong? Oh, it's, it's complicated. 
bone marrow and yucky stuff. Doctors have their big names for it. But if you ask me, this whole body's just worn out. You're gonna die? Looks that way. He's, he's dying, basically, and tells it to Wendy, and she's saying, like, um, it's like when I was when I was little, I would picture. Well, what if it was because it was magic? My parents told me, Malcolm, just not gonna grow anymore. I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if all this was happening to me because I was magic and not because I was sick? I used to sit in my bedroom and daydream. I wish that I'd wake up the next morning in a land filled with unicorns and dragons and flying horses. Special people, just like I was. Kept on waiting for that to happen. I kept on waiting. Maybe this is why this is happening to me is because I am supposed to be a magical little creature. Sorry, I'm getting emotional and I don't know why. Because he sells the pants off this scene and it's touching. He does. He does. And so uh, the troll, I realize, is not necessarily evil in this, which is why I'm going like this. I think we've got this story skewed. Like we're getting into the propaganda. Like we're like, I'm not seeing anything really evil. OK, did they kill these people? Or did they set them free? Because he gives, he, I started he, thinking he, about he, this he, as well. He turns I, Malcolm, but, he, but Malcolm gets to be what he wanted to be. Now he can live forever, and now he's going to be magic. And and he welcomes him through the transition. He says, "Welcome, brother Elf. Like you get to be magic now." Yeah. I don't think the other neighbors survived, and I think the troll made that call because they were shitty neighbors. They were shitty. <laughs> I this is in the margins of my notes. I was like, the, the moral of this movie is that children and neighbors are both terrible. <laughs> true, true. So I don't. I that just really hit me. I don't. Sorry. I'm back. I'm kind of back. You're fine. But I find that oddly, oddly enough, not moving in the movie, but I'm finding it really moving now. I think I think it's because the concept is better than the execution. Yeah. And in the discussion of that, it can step on your nerve. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those movies, too. And I don't know why I get to a certain point. I've seen it a billion times. At a certain point, and then I don't remember what happens. Like, I just watched it. And at a certain point, it just like it falls apart in the end. Like, once you get... Once Malcolm gets turned, the, the, the final battle is kind of like, meh. Malcolm gets, and it's the, the pacing change, because before before we do that, it's like we have our, our different theme departments and our theme characters. Yeah. And we're going to go do a fight scene in this room, and then the transformation is going to be like this. And then the Michael's garden department takes over the room. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the movie changes, like right right where you're saying. Let's see. Oh, I've, I have a question that's not resolved because uh, we, we see the mom not drinking the wine at dinner with Malcolm. I'm like, she's pregnant, but it never comes up. One of my favorite exchanges, though, is that, you know, Harry now knows that there's magical things going on and that there's a battle that's coming. And he knows that she, the witch has told him, just watch your sister. Keep her on. Do not let her out of your sight. And so he, yeah. and she gives him that big harpoon thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's sitting in the living room with the harpoon thing. And, and Michael Moretta goes by. He's like, what you doing? He's like. Watching Wendy. Watching Wendy. And he goes, honey, did you used to do a lot of drugs before we met? <laughs> yes. And something's fucked up about your son, <laughs> and I don't know what it is. <laughs> Both of our kids are really fucked up right now. One of them might be a pod person from the planet Mars. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So once once we attack Harry Potter Jr., then he starts watching the, the pod people, body snatchers, the thing, yeah. on his secret TV in his room. That isn't Spot, our pet, Nancy. That's something that looks like Spot, acts like Spot, even smells like Spot. But in reality, it's a Martian. You mean? Yes. Our dog is a pod person from the planet Mars. Um, but now I was looking at, we have, we have an info dump with, uh, with, with Miss St. Clair where she explains, well, of course, you know, something happened because it was just Valpurgis knot and this all has to happen in three days. I'm like, has it only been three days since the beginning of this movie? When did you first notice that your sister was behaving strangely? The day we moved in, which was Friday. Ah, Friday, yes. That's when it all would have started. Do you know what day Friday was? Uh, Star Trek Weekend on Channel 11. Valpurgis Night. Witches' Sabbath. The day when all the denizens of the unknown cavort. Cavort? Party hearty, Harry. Uh, your neighbors are disappearing really fast. I thought this was spread out over time. And you all seem to be, uh, for an apartment building, you all seem to be up in each other's grill all the time. <laughs> you might notice that people disappeared. Yeah, everyone seems to be involved in everyone else's business way too much for an apartment building. Oh, and then then uh, Brad Hall comes looking for Julia Louis-Dreyfus and goes into her apartment. And all of a sudden, it's outdoors and it's huge yeah. and expansive. Yeah. And... And she's giggling and she's naked except for leaves. And he chases her in because, duh. And his, 80, but, and his 80s animation. Oh, wow. There's there's a a lot of... You can't blame 80s animation. Classic special effects techniques. You can't blame 80s animation on the, on the 80s. It's just what we had. It's what we had. It's what, it's what we had. It's what we had. And um, one, of the, one of the techniques at the end of the movie is like pulled straight from the finale of the Muppet movie. So like, I can't hate. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Oh, no, we ate Brad Hall before we did the scene with Malcolm. Yeah. We do the yeah. scene with Malcolm and it's it's a lot. Oh, yeah. And then we then we do the picture book story time with St. Clair. Of the, I'm going to tell you even more now. Here's a portrait of me and the troll when he was still a human. And there were ding, humans. Ding, ding. And there were pause, fairies. Pause. Just so you know, the portrait of the, the prince that became the troll. That's John Carl, the director. <laughs> so he had a cameo in the but movie. You, Great. Yeah. I, that's a perfect cameo. Yeah. That's 100% how to do that. Yeah. Um, but she does this big info dump, and it's honest. I grew up on Ralph Bakshi Wizards. I actually have a cell from it on my wall mm -hmm. over here. So in the, the humans and the fairies, I'm like, oh, cool. I know this story. That's great. But there were rules about what you're allowed to do. And then my brain kind of has like static on it. And my wizard boyfriend fucked something up, and now he's a troll forever. Yeah, they kind of left that part out. Like he sided with the wrong side, so he got punished. Yeah, I I feel like if I went back and rewound it, I wouldn't understand it. I did I didn't I did enjoy it, but she said, "Well, I used to be a princess, but that was a pretty boring thing to be." Yeah, I wanted yeah. to be a I wanted to be a wizard too. So I'm like, "Got a girl." Yeah. yeah, no, get that '80s feminism. Just get that right in there, girl boss. That's right, do that. But yeah, the war the war is kind of they they cover it nicely, but at the same time, there's, there's huge bits of information missing, and it just seems to me like. Again, propaganda, which she said, well, the other side decided that that wasn't enough. I'm like, maybe they just wanted their side back. Maybe they decided the separate and equal bullshit wasn't enough. <laughs> <You know? laughs> now, before there were countries, before there were presidents, there was just the world, one big place. 
And in this place, there were fairies and there were humans. Now, the leaders of both kingdoms decided that no one side would rule the other, that the kingdoms would be equally divided between the two of them. But that didn't set well with Torok and some of the fairies. They wanted to control the world, so there was a great big war. Well, the good humans won, and the rebel fairies were condemned to darkness. And Torok was turned into a troll. For all eternity. But now he has vowed his revenge. He still wants to rule the world with his army, and that's why he's here. And that's why you're here? To stop him? That's my job, kiddo. But what is he doing here? I'm not quite sure. But I think that he's going from apartment to apartment. He's transforming sections of this building into different fairy worlds. And when he has succeeded in transforming them all, a single fairy universe will be formed within this building. It'll be filled with all his old fairy pals. And when that's done, that universe will burst forth like a fourth dimension. Because you keep saying that they're evil, but I'm not seeing anything evil. They're just what they are. Right? They just they just want to do their shit. Well, I think we I'm just want really to have a place spoiled. to hang out naked. <laughs> <laughs> Yelling people. Hang out naked, run around in the woods. Yes, thank you. Not have cancer. That'd be great. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm just spoiled by other movies doing a big info dump at the beginning of Act 3, laying out all the literal rules. And we've been doing that since, like, Poltergeist. And I think I was expecting more of that because I've more modern things have, have taught me this structure. Yeah. So when I didn't get all the literal rules, I was like, I want to know who becomes an elf prince and who turns into several little trolls and why is Walpurgis not? And is is Wendy okay? And like, and I just, I got some of my questions answered. Not not all. That, of, of course, the one thing that did make me barf was like, but is Wendy dead? No, she's fine. She's fine. She's, he's, he's holding her prisoner and she's, she, he's going to say when when they rise and they destroy he's humanity. Going to save one specimen, a fair-haired maiden. You gotta be a blonde white chick, sure. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, says the blonde white chick. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm right there with you. I'm just saying that's perfect. Perfect. Excellent choice. Excellent. <laughs> it's just a, a pure human child. With pure blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're going to lock her up in a glass Snow White coffin. It's going to be fine. She's going to be a princess. She's going to be a princess of the dark fairies. Dark, dark, dark fairies. Stabby fairies. Stabby fairies. Sticky fairies. <laughs> so we learn that the, the troll has to convert every single apartment. And the only remaining apartment is the potters. Yeah. And we, we do a... Uh, a bait and switch practical transformation, which I love. Oh. Um, our, our St. Clair witch takes her hair down and she's young and beautiful. It's her again daughter. Like it, it, the actress is, is, is her daughter. So they look the same. It was a great transformation. Yeah. Oh shit. That, that makes sense. Yeah. It's a, per, it's a wonderful, magical, it's a simple trick, but it works so effectively. And I remember I watched this. Oh, it's so great. I got this on VHS back in the day. And I remember watching it with my parents and my parents love that. Oh, like, yeah. that's her daughter. I know her. And I'm like, oh, look at them. Oh, every time I watch Terminator 2, I'm like, that's her twin. In the mirror, it's her twin. That's how they do it. Nice. <laughs> but the thing uh, is, yeah, the thing is she had, a battle sequence. They have this magical transformation sequence where she turns into this younger version of herself and she's ready to do battle. And then they don't really do anything with it. She doesn't get to do much. No, they don't. No. It's, I was, I was hoping she'd be more badass. I was ready. I was ready to have her carry the day. Her lines were badass, makes, but then she didn't get anything to do. 
Yeah. She gets turned into a tree. A tree! A stump. <laughs> that cracked the wall of the bosom. Thank you! <laughs> <laughs> More amusing than mangoes. <laughs> Not only did I play Mama Yurley, but I got to tell Aaron's and Flaherty about it. And they went, why? God, why? And I was like, a white suburb. <laughs> Very white suburb. So anyways, yeah, we have this badass speech and we go to fight off all the all the trolls in the upstairs outside apartment. And and she gives she gives Harry Potter Jr. She's like, well, oh God, what what's the advice? It's. You'll oh. have to stab yeah. the heart of the forest. The, the heart of his universe. Here. Plunge this weapon deep into the heart of Torok's universe. Where can I find that? Well, Torok has always been a little melodramatic. So just look for the biggest, most powerful creature you can find. It'll be mean. It'll be ugly. And it will not be glad to see you. And he, universe. and he has a weird sense of humor, so he'll probably it'll be in the most the biggest, ugliest, meanest thing that you see. Which I don't. And then know. we get a big, ugly, mean troll with a dog face and bat wings. With bat wings that don't fly. <laughs> they don't fly. They barely extend. We didn't have the budget. You know why? Because because flew. you know why he doesn't fly? Because Sonny Bono was hogging all the flappies. <laughs> um, I got nothing. But. The fight scene was really distressing because, like, Harry Potter Jr. doesn't really get to make a dent. He sees his sister, he gets her out of the coffin, and then he just gets thrown around by this troll. And it's the troll, it's 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 Talek that saves the day. Yeah, he goes, not the girl, because he can talk now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the big troll is going to kill Wendy, um, but that's going to break the rules that, that our, our hero troll has. So then he throws a spear at the big evil dog-faced bat guy, uh-huh. and that lets Harry Potter Jr. and Wendy escape the, the room. Yeah. Meanwhile, what I love to do is that the building, the whole building is being taken over now. Like, there's plants coming out of everywhere, and, like, this giant oh, yeah, vines coming out. Of- all the shaky cams, Star Trek. We got, the, we got the stop motion vines coming out of the top of the building like it's the end of Little Shop of Horrors. It's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's, it's the, the walls are coming down. Uh, Mom and Dad's LPs are shaking off all, all the shelves. Like, like we're, we're rending the universe asunder in this, in this apartment building. Yeah. But I couldn't, I didn't know if we were going to have another fight after that because Harry Potter and Wendy, real Wendy, welcome back to reality, Wendy, make it. To Hi, Wendy. Welcome back. And then, We've like, for 30 that's seconds. it because three days have passed, but we don't like. There's no gong or chiming or anyone with a stopwatch. No. Well, I'm guessing that the yeah, since the since the since he the, the spear was thrown through the heart of that universe, that universe collapsed on itself. It doesn't need to have a gong. They they that universe was destroyed. So, okay. Okay. So our hero troll stabbed his own universe heart. Yeah. To because. Harming a little white girl would just be too much. Not the blonde. <laughs> Not the blonde, because we murdered all those other people. None of the blonde. <laughs> None of the blonde. Because we're in Rome. <laughs> because, and that's just so rare there. Uh, and then, and then we murder a cop on our way out of the movie. Just cost, because that makes no sense. Because he's, he's not. Check on he's that room. <laughs> the moral of the story is: stay out of the laundry room. Don't do laundry. Laundry's yeah. evil. Laundry's evil. Don't. No, no nursery rhymes because that's going to invite trolls. Okay, so 
Did St. Clair know that the troll was in the building the whole time? Because Wendy Wendy didn't invite the troll by – there's no magic to peas porridge hopped. No, no. It was just there. And I don't know. Yeah, right. She seems to know things like she's ready. Like, why the why is she stationed here? Like, is there some sort of doorway to this this information that we're missing? Like, is there some sort of doorway in the right. basement like, that we don't know about that she's here to guard here? Yeah. But if she's going to be a better guard, she would warn the family moving in. Maybe the impressionable young teen. I will go on and on about the Cantos Profane forever. Like, there's so many wonderful things about the scene. Like, for instance, like when she's starting to like her, her little pot of penis starts singing. And she's like her warning bell goes off. She's like something's wrong. Some things. Oh, and then she but has then all she these like, taxidermy <laughs> dragons yeah. on her wall. And, like the taxidermy dragons like sway with yeah. the music. Yeah. And it really does create this really neat sense of tone that you don't get anywhere else in the movie. Yeah. Like the effort and love went into this musical passage. Yeah. But they cut the funding for it, so they didn't have the special effects to do it properly, which is unfortunate because it's most of them just standing around like doing what they, the, thing with, stand, the thing with his special effects. Yeah, even like because he did the special effects for Ghoulies as well before this, and mm-hmm. they, these things could the, the two creatures could cross films. Oh yeah, because they look the same. But it's the same kind of problem I had with Ghoulies. All of them look like they can't move. Yeah, they look like they're rooted to the ground because they're hand puppets, it's, and they are so limited in what they can do. And it's unfortunate. They're slimy though. I mean, not not to be too popular about it but it, like yeah unsettling movement is one of the things that can like, like get into my lizard brain and scare me like everyone's everyone's favorite sequence in the thing where uh we oh the the, the spider with the eyes and the i'm sure i'm sure we've named what that creature is i don't know what it i don't know but the, the the crab movement of something that was previously attached to someone else is like what gets in my gut and goes ew 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 bad and yeah, they're all rooted to the ground and they're all hidden in the leaves. And like, I don't know if I could see one skitter up a wall, one skitter up a tree, even if they they don't have to have human speech from their fairies. They can be psychic, whatever. No, that's fine. Uh, but if I could have like one or two examples of the unsettling movement, we have that one with the spidery crab legs. Like maybe that one, if you could rig it. Yeah, like, but even well, that one doesn't move. It's rooted to the ground. It's weird. Anyway, um, I can see why people love it, especially if you were a certain age when you saw this. Like, oh, yes. If this had been part of my like childhood repertoire, yeah, it would be seared into my brain forever. But it's got so many different it's pulling from so many different genres and moods and it doesn't really settle in any of them or nail any yeah. of them either. Like it's got yeah. the, it's got the comedy. It's got the horror. It's got the fantasy. And it doesn't really do any of them justice. Like they don't blend well. No. But also that's part of its charm in its weird way that it doesn't <laughs> they don't blend well. It's an odd little film. Um, it's it's odd. I, I want to give a major shout out to Harry Potter Jr. who does so much physical work in the last third of the film. Yeah. When he's like being propelled away or towards objects, when he's fighting various magical forces, it is obvious that he just came off the set of The NeverEnding Story. Um, but he sells so much of the supernatural stuff that they just didn't have effects for. And yeah. he's great. Um, one thing I want to say, and this is a really weird thing to say about a child. There's a scene where he's watching TV and he has no shirt on. I'm going, he has a startling amount of cleavage for a 14 year old boy. He was extremely sexualized in the never ending story by everyone in my generation. So don't worry about okay, it. Okay. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Just saying. Oh no. I just mean that you are not the first person to make that realization. I know, but, but it was high, but it was highlight, a highlight highlighted. It was just because the, the lighting <laughs> was, was, was designed to show off the, I'm like, it's weird. It's weird. I've been called a groomer like four times this week by strangers because I've got gay in my, my my 
Twitter. Oh, they're just they're just searching the word now. Yeah. Isn't that great? Isn't that fun? Yeah, so I'm, I'm hesitant to even bring something like that up. But, you know, fuck, I'm not a groomer. I'm just saying that that was a weird thing to see on a kid. But um, No, I just mean every every 12-year-old in the 1980s registered what that, that boy's chest looked like. Okay, yeah, and every 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 kid that saw that was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that was the noise. This is what we're here for. <laughs> this is what we signed up for. This is what we're here for. We're here for, for Noah Hathaway with his shirt off. It was age-appropriate at the time. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's fabulously talented. He does a lot to sell the movie. Um, yeah, it's it's so much when styles collide because we have entire chunks of high fantasy, like like very legend, very even Princess Bridey moments. Then we have our gremlin-y stuff. And then the, like the, the heavy existential stuff around Malcolm is almost like Cronenberg. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it just we don't transition between them, and I think that's why, like in the first half, third to half of the movie, when it's like, and this room is this theme, and this room is this theme, I was like, are we doing noises off the spooky version? Like, I, I well, I mean, it's funny that you should say that because there's that scene that I mentioned earlier where the kids running around, the fire bell is going off, people coming in and out of apartments. Oh, we're, which, we're, we're knocking them over. I can't find my contact lens. It's straight like, up farce because it, it's doors and underpants. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's straight upstairs, up downstairs. It's yeah. But then you don't get that anywhere else in the movie. No, no. I thought they were setting up a tone and we just never did that again. No, it's just what was happening. And it's a shame because like I because since I know now that this is not what the director, this is not the movie the director wanted to make. Yeah. And you can see there's lots of fingers in the pie. And the fingers, the fingers are all from different hands, so they don't go together. And that's just that just got gross in my head. No, it's a Frankenstein hand now. Frankenpie. Everyone else is different. Frankenpie. Franken <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's Troll. I mean, I, I don't really know what much else to say about it. It's it's an odd little movie. I think it's a shame it's been eclipsed by its shitty sequel. Because there is magic it, here. It, the sequel's a bigger disaster. Like, one of the stars of Troll 2 was, like, on temporary leave from a an insane asylum. Like, it's hard to beat that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know from personal experience what it's like working with a production company from another country that doesn't speak English very well. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I that's do. A, you have to listen to Don't uh, Damn Your Uncle Lewis to find out all about that. <laughs> <laughs> I had a nightmare about that musical last night. Apparently, so did someone else in my cast. It is. Where were we? Italy. We we were in Italy. Right? Do a francobolle, por favore. I, I can't, I can't do an Italian accent. That was, um, when I was in Rome, when I was in Rome, my favorite thing was to go to the little shop across from the hotel and I'd go in there every day. I'd be like, hey, do a francobolle, por favore. Because it sounds so damn sexy. It means two posted stamps. Please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the, I can yeah, say it's, it's a mismatch of things and it doesn't really work, but I'm glad it exists. Yeah. I think it was a, I don't want to say worthwhile attempt. That doesn't give it enough credit. I think it's, I don't know, I think it's noteworthy. I, yeah. Even if it didn't come out like as intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it did find its audience in its own weird way. And not not everyone does. So it was a that. hit, exactly. And things things can get lost really easy. And it, it's a shame too, because A, it's not the movie that, that John Carl wanted it to be. And B, it's if nothing else, it should be a showcase for his effects and they cut the budget for his effects. So it's... <laughs> That's that's so rough. That's yeah, it's mean. rough. He did fine. He got to direct Friday the 13th Part 7 after this. It's a big film and it was a big hit. So good for <laughs> you, John Carl. Yay. Yeah. 
Although, um, I hesitate to bring this up, but you know what? It's in the book. I'll bring it up. In the book, Friday the 13th, uh, the, the book, big compilation thing. I can't think of what it's called. The Crystal Lake Memories. He has a mm-hmm. quote about shooting Friday the 13th Part 7 that made me cringe because it was the only quote I'd had from him. He's like, oh, man, one of my favorite, my favorite memory from it was when we were shooting Heidi Kozik's nude scene. She does the skinny dipping scene, which, of course, is in November because it is. And they have shots where it's like Jaws from underwater. Yeah. Like, like, so it's looking up at her naked body. He's like, I was never more happy. And like every guy in the crew was there. Even people that weren't supposed to be there were there. It was the best night of our lives. Like that is the grossest you know, thing I, you could have said. I put that up there with um, shit. Was it Eli Roth talking about how you can't have women on your crew when you're shooting horror? Yeah. Um, Gross. You run into that. I know you do, and I know you do, and I know, and I know, and I know of all people know this is what you you look at for that shit in audition notices, those warning bells. You're like, no, 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 no. no. Oh, yeah. I, I send them to people not in the industry, and I'm just like, just so you know, these are in the emails I get every day. Um, we want someone who looks like Angelina Jolie, $100 a day. If you look like Angelina Jolie, you're making more than $100 a day. Yeah, That's it must fair. be okay with nudity, extreme temperatures, and no pay. <laughs> Great exposure. Oh, yeah. We're looking for someone to play under 18 for extremely graphic sex scene. Like, it's, I don't know, we, this isn't even like super relevant to this movie because we, we have Julia Louis-Dreyfus running around in some leaves and giggling and it's fine. And it's obvious the point of what she's supposed to be, but she like doesn't do a striptease. We don't spend a really long time with it, but there's... There's been this like exchange of, well, if you're going to do a stabby movie, you get to see some titties. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay because it's what we do in our genre. Evidently, she's really embarrassed about the movie. She doesn't talk about it. She wasn't happy about any of it. So she's like, like, especially the nude scene. She's like, no, apparently she was. There's you. You see nothing. You see see nothing. And because if nothing else, that scene. All right. We're going to talk about this. Finally, let's talk about this. Sure. She's naked. She's not sexualized. She's like flirty. Yes, but but it's not like a striptease. No, no, it's it's this giggling. If this is how she is, this is how we come. This we this we only come in this. This is this is what we wear. Yeah, we don't wear much. This wear leaves. Deal with it. If you're if you're getting turned on by it, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah, that's your problem. Gonna run around. Uh-huh. You're invited. Uh, can't be weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna lure you deeper into the forest. We can take care of you there. Because that's what fairies do. Oh yes. Yeah. All right, Maya, I think we have done, Troll. Thank you so much for doing this last minute and saving the day. Oh, yeah. You're a hero. I do my best. Yeah, yeah. And if you enjoyed Maya, you should go be, che- you should be checking her out every month over on Damn You, Uncle Lois, the Friday the 13th, the series. We can't get away from the Friday the 13th. <laughs> we really, really can't. Well, I think that's I think that's our fault. Us and Roby. Yeah, bless her, bless her, bless her, bless her. If there's a dark fairy on the planet, it's Roby. But anyway, and Maya's, Maya's <laughs> going to be back. Maya's going to be back in June. Her hair is enchanted. It totally Sorry. is. Herba, herba way, herba, herba, herba way. Maya's going to be back next month. We're going to talk about that movie that we supposed to talk about and we never did. I can't think. Uh, grim, Grim, Ooh, Grim yeah, Love. That yeah, that one's sad. Let's get yeah. sad. Get sad and hungry. Grim Love. <laughs> All right, Maya. Tell, tell people. Tell people where people can find out more about you. And what's going on in the world of Maya Murphy? Um, well, uh, I'm in a variety of narrative podcasts, uh, including Calamity and Two Flat Earthers Kidnap a Freemason. The easiest place to find the links to those is going to be on my website, which is mayamurphy.actor. Um, yeah, if you're into storytelling in your ears kind of stuff. They're podcast listeners. It's what, the, it's what we do. It's what they do. They well, like, yeah, they this like is people- a discussion and, and this other stuff is narrative. So. Well, they like stuff in their ears. 
Oh, yeah, uh, I guess we did establish that. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, thank you, Maya. And by the way, before you go, happy Friday the 13th. Happy Friday the 13th. So thank you once again to Maya Murphy to coming out, helping out the show, and rescuing this episode. This, rest, this episode was just plagued with problems from square one, but we got through it. We're here, and we did it. We did troll. We did Friday the 13th, and that's only one issue left to talk about, and that's my birthday. My birthday every year, I ask you to help out, to contribute to one of my favorite causes, and that's Backpacks for the Street. Backpacks for the Street is an organization that goes out. They hand out backpacks to the homeless of New York City, filled with essential supplies to get through the day. But instead of me telling you about them, why don't I let the folks over at Good Day New York tell you about them from when the boys from Backpacks from the Street won the New York Heroes for the Day 10 months ago. We have a hero of the day we have to recognize, and they are Backpacks for the Street. Co-founders Jeffrey Newman and Jason Connor. The nonprofit has helped the city's homeless population by distributing backpacks filled with essentials such as food, T-shirts, and first aid kits. Since COVID-19, they've handed out over 19,000 backpacks. Additionally, they help guide those in need towards services such as housing, rehab, and HIV care. For showing those who often feel invisible that someone cares, Jeffrey Newman and Jason Connor are our heroes of the day for more on information on their uh organization please go to backpacksforthestreet.org okay so that was the fancy way of saying things but let me tell you my personal experience with backpacks for the street and homelessness right now in new york city right now there's eight hundred thousand people who are known to be living homeless right now in the city and it's guaranteed to be more than that i've seen it myself i'm in the since covid it has gotten so much worse i'm seeing homeless people on every corner now staying in um, ATM machine vault things at the, in banks at night on every corner. And there was there was none in my neighborhood before, and now they're everywhere. And it, with COVID, it's only getting worse. And the rents are getting higher, and people are getting evicted, even though they're not supposed to be. And it's a terrible time to be in this kind of need. And Jason and Jeffrey are out there doing it and helping people in a really visceral way that's not something tomorrow, it's not something in a week, it's something right now, something that you need right now. And not just one thing, it's tons of things. These backpacks are loaded with everything you could possibly imagine that you might need in a terrible, desperate situation. So last year I raised $675. This year I'm looking to raise more. I'm looking for at least $750. And you can help out by going to www.screamqueens.com backpacks. And donate. So please do that. Once again, www.screamqueens.com slash backpacks. It's my Facebook donation page. Please give and give heartily. So that, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, is going to wrap up another episode of Scream Queens. It's going to put another Friday the 13th spectacular to bed. Congratulations, you survived. And if you didn't, well, better than luck next time. Speaking of next time, we are going to be talking about the movie Pumpkinhead. And I've got two guests. Uh, one, Oso Eward. He's the a big queer filmmaker from Texas who you met a long time ago. And a brand new guest, well, who can only be described as Pastor Fabulous. What does that mean? Well, you'll find out next time. So if you want to get in touch with the show, please do. You can drop me a line at Facebook on Facebook at Scream Queens. You can find me on Twitter at Scream Queens. I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. And if you want to become a super fan of the show and get more access to people like Maya Murphy and Damio Uncle Lois, the Friday the 13th, the series retrospective podcast, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash scream queens you've been helping out the show and getting unlocking premium content that's just for you 
So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to stay safe, stay healthy, and never, ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Say it with me. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final rail. Wear a fucking mask. Wash your fucking hands. Keep your fucking distance. Get the fucking shot if you can, and never forget for one second how much I love you. Bye. I have some cake to eat. <laughs> Music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.